everybody, welcome back to Queen Chat. We have another beauty queen ready to share her mental health story. Of course, before we get started, Queen Chat is a podcast talking about mental health and looking into the world of pageantry and how different pageant queens handled their mental health. Um, so a trigger warning to some, we will be discussing different aspects of mental health. So if you're not in the right state of mind or in a depressive episode, then please avoid this and come back because I assure you there will be some positivity in here. Um, but I do always put on the title what subject like trigger warnings that we could talk about. Um, but without further ado, for the lovely lady on the other end of the line, say her name and her passion title for me. Yeah, uh, I'm Rebecca and I am a Miss Mystic Beauty finalist, which is Miss Bristol 2021. Bristol, we love it. Southwest, of course, I'm in Swindon. So, I mean, if we're into football, we would be rivals, but we are not. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But of course, and as you can hear in the background, you are a mum as well. So lots of different hats to juggle at the moment. Um, But your finals in in our October, aren't they? Yes. Are you feeling excited? Uh, I, I am. I am. I'm half prepared. Um, I got. I actually got uh, one of my dresses for the other weekend, so that's obviously <laughs> made it very exciting. Oh, definitely when you get the first outfit. I and mean, you've got time. You've got till October, so, you know, it's half prepared is good at this stage because my pageant's in three months and I might be half prepared for my <laughs> the whole like learning to walk again is always fun um but of course we're not here to discuss about pageants well in some parts we are um but we're going to talk about mental health um so talk to us about your mental health journey um how did you discover um that there might not have been something right um talk to us about that uh well my mental health journey started well it's been on and off uh, Mm. since sort of my teens um I well I think I would pinpoint where it started was uh during secondary school um I was bullied um I was bullied for sort of appearance and shyness and being like sort of that awkward sort of kid Mm. um and that led to uh a lot of depression uh uh, suicidal thoughts and stuff like that um but then as as I grew up I sort of sort of sort of in denial and sort of pushed it back never thought about it sort of sort of got on with my life and that then turned into social anxiety uh normal anxiety and stuff like that um it affected my college work because I dropped out of college like four times mm. um it affected uh, a lot of relationships it affected my school relationships down to where in school I had like three or four friends uh, now I literally have one but she, she's amazing um, so it sort of started there being uh, on and off and yeah it's it's very interesting um, because yeah with teenage with being a teenager there's all those extra hormones and you know, we don't think about mental health as much as we should. I know now the next, this generation, it's, it's talked about a lot more, which is good. And although the schools can do better, there is an element of mental health in there. Um, 
But with the bullying, uh, did you ever seek help to do with those sports or like what sort of happened there? Uh, to be fair, I back then I did not do anything. I was very <laughs> much uh, didn't really want to speak up uh, in school. I moved between schools. Um, I came away from the bullying and left I think it was about the end of year nine year 10 and then came back to the same school in year 11 completely changed the dynamics sort of completely changed a little bit because obviously I was away for a bit and then I came back um so that was a bit odd um but no I very much kept it very quiet didn't tell anyone like even my mum never knew a thing. Mm. My brother and sister never knew a thing. They did not know about uh, the any of the suicidal thoughts or anything like that. They uh, it was very much I kept it to myself. Only recently I've been having uh, CBT and stuff like that, and that's mm-hmm. sort of what's brought it up, and it was essentially the trigger, basically. Yeah. So how did you? Um... How did you go through the process of uh, getting CBT? Talk to us about that. Well, I, in terms of that sort of side, I sort of closed off mentally, sort of pushed back. But then, um, as I said, that I got obviously social anxiety. I'm not usually great with meeting people in person and stuff like that. Um, new sort of experiences really sort of set me off with panic attacks and everything. And, everything under the sun mm. um so I started that and then I started my work which I work as a care assistant mm-hmm. so which again obviously that helped me sort of distract myself obviously I could focus on all the people I'm helping in work and not ha- obviously when you're helping people in social care very much yourself is the second person like you're focused on the person the other person and it's and it helps sort of like get yourself out of your head because obviously you're not thinking about yourself you're thinking about the support you're giving to other people um so then when I started that that helped and in my head that was kind of like my sort of like sort of counseling in a way like I can sort of help other people and forget about my problems um and then that started to affect my work Yes. So I've uh, sort of typical stuff you hear about depression, about uh, missing shifts, um, panic attacks in the car before you go into a shift, uh, all that stuff. So now that I've noticed that this keeps happening and is a factor in my work, I phoned my doctors. I was like, I, I need more help. Can't keep going on. So the last on and off for the last two years, I have been on different uh anxiety medication and been going through the cbt process as well have you found that the medication has has helped you at all uh the yes i've I've swapped between it um Mm. they did prescribe it every day so i used to have to take it every day and whereas i found that that did help I wasn't too sure because I also thought that maybe it was like a placebo effect because I was taking it every day Mm -hmm. but also 
I'm not someone that wants to be personally relying on medication every single day, especially yeah. being younger. Um, so they've changed it. So now I'm on a different one now where I just take it before when I think I'm going to sort of anticipate having a panic attack. Exactly. So I find that's definitely helped because I feel better that I'm not on it 24-7 all mm. the time. But also it's there for when I do need it. So that's a, def- a great sort of middle ground. For sure. Do you, um, you said you take it when you anticipate um, like an anxiety attack or a panic attack. So if, if you don't mind, could you explain like, do you know when that's going to happen? What sort of symptoms do you get to know that now's the time to take medication? Uh, anything where I feel that I am irrationally freaking out. Mm-hmm. Nine times out of ten, uh, sometimes the, the most common ones I have is if I know I've got a really big sort of social event or social something social related, mm-hmm. even if it's my friend's birthday or something like that I tend to to sort of have one then because it helps sort of calm me before I start getting to the fast breathing and all like all your physical signs of panic attack so I tend to do it in anticipation so well obviously I go to college now so when I go to college I take one on my college day Mm -hmm. to again anticipate that I'm probably going to be at some point during being at college, having some sort of mild panic attack. Um, and it gets same with work. Usually work I'm pretty all right with. Um, how, but sometimes, obviously, as with many jobs, if you know you're going to have a difficult shift, mm. then I find that that sometimes also sets it off. So I kind of try and pinpoint where... I know that usually tends to trigger me and then do it in anticipation for that. So if I know I have a certain event coming up, I will sort of do medication then. And if not, or if it's, if I'm having a panic attack mm-hmm. and I don't have time to do my medication, because obviously it takes a bit of a time to go to sort of work, then I use your standard breathing techniques and, um, sort of coping mechanisms as well. So do you mind talking about these coping mechanisms? Because I, I do suffer from panic attacks and I find the breathing helps, grounding. I like to touch the wall just to feel that I know that I'm there. Um, but these usually happen at night time. Always then you're like, yep, I'm going to get eight hours of sleep. I planned it. And then, hi, anxiety, here you are again. Um, <laughs> So yeah, do you um do you have any sort of tips for people who um may suffer from an anxiety attack? Well, my favourite two coping mechanisms that I do that work for me that may also work for somebody else that is listening is I like using essential oils. Mm-hmm. Anything with um oil burning or anything like that. There's a lot of shops where you can buy little uh, oils. Like I've got a, such a big collection. <laughs> That I sort of use certain smells to associate with certain things. Like obviously, you've got lavender for calming and 
can't remember any of the others off the top of my head, but I do <laughs> recommend looking into that because you can have it literally just burning sort of in the corner of your bedroom or in the corner of your living room, and that does help sort of keep calm in. I also like listing things, which is, again, sounds really odd, but I've got a bookshelf in my room that is filled with uh, thriller books, true crime books, sort of stuff like that. And if I'm in my room having one, then I'll try and sort of list through all the titles Mm. or like horror films or like US states or something just really random. If you just sit and try to sort of list it, I find that that helps sort of, yeah, uh, take your mind off of it, which might be a helpful thing for people who are quite, I can't think of the right word now. Well, obviously I like writing things out and writing Mm. essays and stuff like that. So if people like doing that, then I find that that's a helpful coping mechanism. Yeah, definitely. I have heard of the the listing items. Um, Bruno saying, look for the same color, like the color red, and then look at what what's red in your room, and you know it's kind of like a checklist. It's it's helping your mind to kind of focus on something else, isn't it? Um, rather than what's happening. So of course you said about social anxiety, and you signed up for a pageant. Um, so how did that all come about? Uh, I well, I first fully started pageants uh, when I was eighteen. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, didn't have anything to do with uh, my mental health. Um, specifically, I started because of uh, confidence and confidence issues and stuff like that. I thought, like, I'll sort of put myself out there, give it a go, and actually really enjoyed it. So I kept it up mm. um, back then. I'd say it was easier because I was obviously I was 18 I was a smaller dress size than I Mm. am now um in my head obviously that was just a lot easier and I really enjoyed it and then I came out of it when I got pregnant Mm. and then I came back into it after I gave birth and then I became a pageant mum to Jackson who does a hell of a lot, and he's been in it since 2018. Um, And I just recently thought, a kind of obviously being a pageant mum and helping Jackson do his and being on the stage with Jackson, I'm kind of like, kind of miss it myself. So yeah, so then I sort of come back into it that way. And what made you decide that Mystic was the pageant for you to make your pageant come back? Uh, I did a hell of a lot of research. I, mm-hmm. I, I talked to a lot of people that run a lot of different pageants. And when I was going through them all, I just really sort of liked uh, Mystic's very like holistic approach to everything, like how sort of spiritual and like obviously you can pick your platform, you can sort of promote what your sort of, confident and promote what you believe in and like sort of it's very personalized and I just think that's obviously a really sort of great idea and think that yeah that's obviously great and it's a bit closer as well so I'm not gonna lie <laughs> not, I, I'm quite an anxious driver so 
if I don't have to drive that far, I'm pretty happy. So yeah, that was definitely a nice benefit, sort of benefit onto it. Oh yeah, definitely. It's it is not too far at all. Um, it's always good to to have things like that. It's some people will travel, but if if a, if a final is close, you love the ethos of it, and you know it's perfect. It's like it's meant to be. Um, so along those lines, do you think pageants have helped or hindered your mental health? Uh, I would say, well, I'd say a little bit of both in, in my sort of personal experience. Mm-hmm. Um, when I, overall, I think it's helped because it's given me sort of like this hobby that I can obviously, I enjoy, I sort of, I like doing, um, it does help. I've surprisingly met obviously some really nice people through both me and Jackson's doing it and I, I think that's helped me overall because I obviously I'm a lot happier if I know I've got a pageant related thing coming up Oof. I'm usually very excited about it I really like it so I think that's good but I do also think it's slightly hindered my mental health concerning my body image mm-hmm. because something that I'm very touchy about and like I'm still will admit learning to I'm getting better as I'm sort of evolving but um one of the I think two few pageants I did between with a space between um in the last two years I got a very negative like obviously I didn't feel confident because I didn't obviously I didn't think I looked confident and all that stuff and yeah, so I think that obviously doesn't help because then when you think that that's the reason why you potentially didn't get anything or if like if you think that's a particularly low mark or something like that, it, like in terms of that, like usually it doesn't bother me. But then obviously my mind's literally my worst enemy. So then I think, well, it's that. And then, yeah, and then it's downward spirals. So... Yeah, I think that in my experience, it does a bit of both, but I think if you're looking at the scales the positives outweigh the negatives definitely yeah it's it's hard sometimes when you're having that internal battle um but I'm so excited for you to step on stage because once you step on stage especially for Mystic you're gonna you're gonna feel so amazing um it's such a great pageant to be a part of and I'm not just saying that because I'm a sponsor or anything but no I hosted 2019 there was a really good vibe there. So I love that um, for the pageant. So finally, um, the question is, if someone is going through sort of similar things um, with their mental health, what sort of advice would you give to them? Uh, probably, well, it's probably the one of the most obvious but also hardest mm. things is to speak up, is to literally speak about it. The number one thing I completely regret is being, I think it was about 14, 15, when I had, when it was, when it fully started and I had those thoughts, Mm. was not speaking up about it. Because then, obviously, no one knew how to approach it. No one one knew um, anything about it whatsoever. Like, Like I mentioned, majority of my friends and family when they listen to this is only just going to have heard about it 
yeah so that's going to be interesting and I've only just recently the last year decided to be very open about it because I believe it's something that should not be taboo at all especially the suicide part because mm. it is preventable it's literally the most preventable type of death that you can get but not enough is sort of being done about it so yeah speak up definitely it is one of the the hardest steps I think sometimes especially when we get older we look back and think why did we not speak up but it's nice to use our our voices now to get that message across and that's one of the reasons why I have the podcast is to share the stories and just to it feels a lot more freeing sometimes when you can talk about it and yes yeah, suicide is preventable um from many different stages um so hopefully <laughs> anyone listening who feels like they might be having these thoughts of course talk to someone if you don't want to talk to a friend or family member there is of course the Samaritans there are lots of other helplines um, that can help and seek your doctor's advice because they'll be able to I know sometimes I don't feel that helpful but you know you will find a doctor that will be an absolute gem and give you everything that you need and um, so thank you so much for coming on to talk today how can we find you on social media to follow your pageant journey uh majority of my stuff is under Rebecca KLXO um mm-hmm. literally all my social media has that handle on it uh my specific pageant page is mm-hmm. miss bristol 2021 i can't remember i can't actually remember the exact link but i'm sure if you type that into facebook it will come up with the page yeah oh amazing thank you so much for talking to us today that's okay thank you for having me